welcome to Marsha's Plate. This is an interview episode where we talk to friends, family, other community members, and anybody else we want to talk to. <laughs> hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? Hey brother. So this is one of the stars of the new Hulu documentary, Changing the Game, Mac Beggs, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were introduced to Mac in 2017. He was in high school and he transitioned to high school. He had the support of his family, a few of them. and. He started on his medical transition. And in that transition, um, he also was an athlete. He was a wrestler. And so being in Texas, <laughs> you know, we live in Texas. Being in Texas. Get old, get old Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> Ooh. So they were like you know what this ain't how we do it in texas if you go you gonna transition honey you gonna have to because we if we believe you are whatever you are on your birth certificate you have to fight with the girls we don't care about that trans stuff you were born a girl you can always be a girl so you got to fight with the girls it's ridiculous it's stupid you know what's crazy it's the fact that what gets me is girls are still able to compete against the guys but and and and, and at the time only in greco which is upper body how um and so like okay so there's three styles in wrestling there's freestyle greco and um folk style which folk style is for the competitive season in high school uh which is uil organization and then greco and freestyle is run by usa wrestling and so USA Wrestling um, only allowed girls to compete against guys unless it was in Greco, which is upper body, which freestyle is lower body and upper body. Tell me how that makes any sense to where if you're going to allow a female to compete, a female to compete, it would be upper body strength. Texas. Sometimes the shit don't make sense. Sometimes the shit don't make sense to me, and especially me who don't who ain't into sports or nothing. I, it really don't make sense. But but even the small logic. So for me. And that's something you got to explain to me. So looking at you, when I look at pictures of you during that time, I was like, this looks like a guy. He looks, he's transitioning. He's doing his thing. And, and I so, always look like that. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, yo, why? And then I was thinking, well, if he's on testosterone, wouldn't that being on hormones be considered some kind of or, or drug or some type of performance enhancement kind of thing what wouldn't that be that would be something that i would think that they were unfair but what i what i learned in researching and knowing about about the case that they did try to file a lawsuit against you to stop you from actually even participating because they felt like it was unfair how did that actually play out and why didn't they consider it unfair so even though you were on hormones this this was what actually happened. So the lawyer that actually filed the lawsuit against me was actually an ex coach of mine that when I competed on the national team on the females national team, I, I, I was already like 
a badass like going into wrestling and the i wrestled his daughter every time at regionals and i she, she i would always beat her i think that also has something to stem with the fact that why he wanted to stop me so bad was because i was like barring him and his daughter from like he was like one of those dads like those like sports dads that was like mm, like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to make sure that my you know uh son daughter like does like what whatever i can to try to make sure they they succeed and um he he uh filed a lawsuit against me and before all this even happened uh before i even started like my testosterone treatment um i started socially transitioning when i was in eighth grade seventh grade um so when i went to meets like i had like blue hair purple hair like i was definitely look queer <laughs> so like um it was and everybody knew that i was trans um all, every, all the kids knew that i was um everybody in the locker room i even finally came out to my coach uh ninth grade year it was like a couple months into the season i was like all right i gotta tell him because there's no way that he's not gonna know and um i went to my doctor i was like I want to start medical treatment, but I don't want to feel like I have an advantage or have an advantage over my opponents because I know the law is not going to change anytime soon. So I don't want there to be discrepancies because I always make sure that I I always look after other people rather than myself. Um, back then, I, I look, I make sure that everyone's safe. And I told my doctor, I was like, what's the dosage that I can take? to make myself feel like i'm kind of getting something and making sure like mentally i'm okay up here that i know that i'm still like transitioning even though it's going to be like four years from now but you know what's what, what what does that look like and she and she put me on the dosage um we got in contact with uil uh their steroid uh their steroid list has a ratio under um the rules and i was under the ratio and i was still in the ranges of a female cis opponent of a cis woman everyone doesn't know even, that everyone didn't know that even with your hormones yeah i was even on a hormone blocker at the same gotcha. time gotcha and i was just like i don't i don't know what's happening like i i wanted to just like tell out when every when everything started blowing up i was like i don't want i'm so angry like i'm so frustrated like i feel like all this work that I'm doing in my sport is just being discredited, but I also feel like I'm not even winning at the same time because I'm competing against females, but like, I don't want to feel like I'm not doing this for nothing. There has to be some gratification. There has to be some light at the end of the tunnel for me to feel like I'm still competing and still being able to get the best version of myself while all of this is happening. And so you and were winning before the testosterone that's why that, oh yeah like oh boy was having a problem because you was beating his daughter period yeah so, <laughs> i was i was a badass i'm telling you i did pole ball i did soccer i did uh track i did cross country like i was a overall i you call i guess you call me an all-around athlete so initially he was just trying to stop you period from playing it wasn't yeah. just about forcing you to stay playing against girls it actually initially started for you not to be competing period yeah he didn't want me wrestling at all like he didn't want me competing he was like if he's going to be taking or if if she is going to be taking uh steroids or hormonal therapy then uh they don't need to be competing at all and i was like what 
I was like, wow. I've been competing against females all my life. And this is actually a really sad story. Um, I actually had a girl that the parents and the coaches, and this was on the team, the same team that the lawyers, uh, the coaches slash lawyers daughter was on. Um, they stopped her from going against me and she had tears in her eyes because she could not compete. Mm. I was like, I, I, I went up to her afterwards. I was like, I have no words. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I, I want to keep competing and I just want to stop. I just, from you watching you right now, just makes me want to stop and throw away, just walk out of this building. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm so sorry. Like, I, that's all I can say is I'm so sorry. And I don't know. What to, I'm so sorry. These coaches are doing this. I'm so sorry. These, your parents don't see me for what is happening. Like, I don't know what to say. And I'm just so sorry. She's like, it's not your fault. And I was like, realistically, you would have been wanting to play with the guys. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I was even wrestling against guys my freshman year. I told my coach, I was like, I want to be in Greco. I was one of the first female uh, uh, competitors um, on my team to compete against the guys. And actually one of the first ones, except for Alex Lyles, which Alex Lyles is a complete badass. Um, we, I would always wrestle her. Uh, she made like the US team. Um, yeah, she's awesome. Um, she wrestled against the guys in Greco too. But it was just basically me and her my freshman year. And I was just like, this is fun. <laughs> I was like, this it was, really it no was when I when I heard about it, it was strange to me because in my high school, one of my cousin, her name is Kiki Wyatt. She's like a famous singer now. Um, she wrestled against the boys. She was a wrestler. So I it was so strange to me. Where I was like, girls wrestled against boys in my high school. We act. I had a I had a girl named Tara when I was um, a freshman. She was a senior. She was on the varsity football player team. She was yes, on the varsity team up? playing football. Yes. And she wasn't even trans, but she was just a regular <laughs> stud lesbian. <laughs> and she was like, I want to play, and they let her play, and she was good enough to be on the varsity team. And so I didn't, I, when they were making this kind of stuff, I was like, they haven't been playing across. I, I just thought it was the norm across the country, not norm. Like, oh my God, every girl is playing that. No, I knew it was groundbreaking, but I didn't, I didn't, um, I, I didn't experience them like th having any pushback against it. Then when we see, um, Tony Harris, a Tonette Harris that is that is literally the first cis woman to get a football scholarship that they, they don't seem like they are having any kind of pushback and it feels like when I ran across your case it feels like it is the transphobia that made everybody so it, angry it is a transphobia because there was actually a girl who went to nationals which is going to nationals in high school is a huge thing um and she was in the 106 pound um uh what is it uh what's the older version for uh, to being in a uh, uh she was in basically like the oldest uh age group in the boys division at nationals in the 106 pound division and won it wow that's i i know i still get goosebumps thinking about because i'm just like this like can be used an argument for like just anything it's just like it doesn't matter whether you're a girl or a boy, like as long as you put in the work and you put in the effort, 
Like you can do anything. Your body, like this body is a shell. I'm always like, yo, this body is a shell. Your mind and energy will last forever. Um, and, and this was before you played or this is after? This was after. This was actually, I think, last year, wow. a year and a half ago. Yeah. And, I and was no a, kind of hoopla about her playing against the boys. No, everyone was just like, go for her. Like, yes, like, yes, like, go, like, like, snap, crackle, pop. Like, and I'm just like, dude, good for her, but like, what the fuck for me? <laughs> like, and I mean, I'm not trying to discredit or anything like that, but like, it's kind of like, it just stems right back to that transphobia. It's like, and especially at the time, like, every, when my story blew up, it was the fact that everyone and everyone's trying to twist it and just be like steroids this and steroids that i'm just like bro you don't even know the story and like my family was just trying to shield it me from all of it and i was just like i just want to tell my story like i just want to say what was actually going on and every time i would say what was going on um the dallas morning news actually did a pretty good job of covering my story in a decent way at the time but everybody else would just twist it and i'm just like oh i was so frustrated i was like what is happening right now like are y'all trying to use me for a political agenda of are course they for, are yeah yeah and i was yeah. just like i don't want to talk to anybody i was like i don't want to talk to any of y'all and the thing about it is what i loved in that moment um i would watch videos of you playing because you you actually won two years in a row you you was a champ for two years in a row and so you know, some of the pictures, um, you know, you would see you winning and you like and your face would be like, duh. <laughs> it would be like a, a moment of like, of course, I'm going to win. Um, that's but the, what, that, that, when okay. I see when I see you in the videos, I, you could literally hear people in the crowd booing. You can literally hear people in the crowd just like being fucking assholes and you know, all that kind of stuff. And what I love is how you didn't lose focus. Your face was like, I'm here to play. I'm here to do my job. And I don't give a fuck what the fuck y'all talking about. Y'all can boo all the fuck you want. I won. Uh, who gives a fuck? Yeah, if y'all yeah. want me to fucking play <laughs> against the boys, talk to the motherfuckers and let them let me play against the boys because that's what I want to do anyway. But as long as they force me here, I'm a win. I'm gonna play the game because I'm an athlete, and that's what I'm gonna do. And so that's, for me, that's what my coach instilled in me. He was like, <laughs> and this, this dude is like six foot, um, like ex marine from small town in Ohio. Like, bro, like <laughs> you don't mess with this dude. And so he was like, you know what? They don't want to put you in the boys. Kick ass. I was like, <laughs> yeah. So tell me how on a social level. What were you going through in the moment? Like, cause this this is high school. I remember how um hectic I transitioned to high school too, right in the summer before. Um, and you know, I remember how hectic high school could be. So socially, while this all was going on, you are catapulted into like a national celebrity. And you know, people on the news are talking about you, Dale. Um, what was the old white man with the white hair? Dale something. Uh, it's some he's news. definitely down something. Yeah. Yeah. Hoffman or something like that. I can't remember. But he's like a news reporter and he was saying such good things about you. He always, even though he's an older white man, he's always on the right side to me <laughs> when he's talking. And so he he had did a viral thing about you. And you get what I'm saying? You are catapulted into the stratosphere of being like a mini celebrity when it comes to your case. How did that? um affect your you socially at school 
for for me personally just like of how i was as a person i i'm very secluded i keep like like my safe space i always i had a safe space and like i was always iffy on who i let in my circle anyway just because i am trans and i don't want people to exploit me in ways that make me vulnerable and basically the only peers that i had that i would talk to was like the, the number on my hand and there would be so many people who'd reach out to me and um it, it's kind of crazy to me now because the people that would kind of avoid me in high school and wouldn't really talk to me like reach out to me now and i'm just like why are you reaching out to me now you didn't reach out to me then like are you proud of me now because like i'm you know not like on another level on like where y'all are not at it right now because um you know just like how high school is like you know you got your jocks you got you know um the girls that are like always hanging out with the jocks and it's just kind of like oh I'm, they're gonna be something and you know it, it's like i have a different perspective now in a sense that if if you don't really really just take away of what really really life is and what you're trying to work for and i had my teachers always told me this what do you want to be in life and i really had to dive deep into what that meant in the sense that i need to protect myself in ways that nobody else is thinking about like in ways of what if i do this what's going to happen um like if i do something like do i have to look over my shoulder like i, I always had to look over my shoulder especially in the locker room because i was always scared that especially when new girls came in and every year and i was like there's going to be this conversation of like oh why is a guy in a locker room why is a guy in the girls locker room because um my coach was like i mean if you want if you don't want to change the girls locker room you really can't go to the guys but um because that was just the rules in my school it was like you could use the teachers i was like i'm not using the damn teachers locker room like what the fuck i was like that's not how it should be i'll just change with the girls and hopefully they accept me i'm just like they already accept me now so like i mean i don't think it'd be any different unless a girl really had a problem with it but um like i just really kept my circle close i really focused on my studies um and i i i it was really tough um just from being shielded from it all and it it took a long time for me to wrap my head around the fact that I have a platform now and I have a voice that can be heard. And I was always scared that with me being like the dork that I am and I'm really like dorkishly intelligent. <laughs> That's what I like to use um, in a sense that like I'm able to break things down further in a sense that people are like, oh, well, wow i never looked at it that way and and people are always shocked with what with what i have to say and i'm just like dude i've gone through experiences that you're probably never going to have to endure and that's okay um and i think that's just from being trans and just living and breathing queerness and having to go through a really catholic um uh sense of like sense of family and i was just really scared all my life and i just didn't want to be scared anymore and wrestling really brought that out. I was like, I don't want to be scared anymore. I just want to do what I have to do, get out of high school and do the things that I have to do. So that brings me to my next question. You are now uh, almost graduating college student. <laughs> it's finally almost over, right? <laughs> so that's exciting. Yes, <laughs> it is exciting. I'm so I, I love college, but I hate college. Like, honestly, 
I would rather go back to high school because <laughs> I would rather I would rather deal with the high school drama than rather deal with like the God is on another. It's like real life hits teenagers like that hasn't grown up yet, and it's like you just gave them like a candy bar. No, you gave them ten candy bars to eat at a time, and now they're like on crack. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> a, a a shift that happened was in college you got to complete compete with the guys mm -hmm. tell me how did how excited were you when you finally got to be where you wanted to be um you know uh being the at being affirmed in your career as an athlete how did you know how did that feel and how did tell me what the results were <laughs> It definitely was nerve wracking at first, um, just in the sense that um, my first time competing with the guys was going to be like uh, on a team that was relatively pretty good, like for the, my first time. And this was how like the team was uh, just like for this year, for my freshman year. Um, ever since then, it was like kind of smaller. But when I first got my got there my freshman year, there was like over 100 guys on the team. I got there and I was nerve wracked. I was like, dude, these guys are huge. Like, oh my God, like what did I get myself into? First of all, second, like, am I gonna be, like, I was doubting myself. I was like, am I gonna be able to do this? Like, and I was like, nah, bro, like, that's not who you are. Like, you gotta like step it up. Like, you gotta like bring it. Like, you gotta bring it to the plate. And like, my coach was behind my back 100%, like no matter what, it was hard. And I was like doubting myself. I was like, I'm gonna do it. I was like, I don't care. Uh, there's no turning back now. As soon as I stepped on that first, uh, as soon as I stepped on uh, the mat, I was like, there's no turning back. I was like, this is it. And then after like, we started going through the practice and I was like, all right, this is, this is cool. I was like, this is, this is nice. Like, this is an atmosphere that I want to be in because it was like, everyone's on an elite level where I need to be. Cause then like in high school, it was like, you got like the team captains and like, you got your, like your top four or five guys like in the room. And it's like, you know, you got like that little group that you keep around. And even then, like, I felt like I was the oddball with like being one of the, like the elite athletes in the room. And um, when I got there, it was like, we all had a common goal. We all had uh, the um, idea to be a champion. We all had the wants and needs to just not succeed in on the mat, but also succeed in the classroom. And it gave me a due perspective of like everyone has their life that they're living differently it, just because i'm trans it doesn't mean that everyone has their own hardships everyone's here for a reason whether it no matter where their backgrounds that they can't come from and i was like i'm just work hard i was like i'm gonna just be a badass and i'm just gonna work hard and it was awesome <laughs> like first practice like we did sprints and my coach was like nice man and he always calls me Mac truck. Yeah. Like that first practice, he was like Mac truck. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> and I, and I was like, uh, one month, um, post-op from top surgery. And that was such a bad idea. <laughs> such a bad <laughs> idea. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I probably shouldn't have done it, but me as a person that I am, I was like, I cannot stop like competing right now. I can't stop. Like, I like my body was like on go mode and it really hurt me. It really hurt me. I wish that I would have taken slower, but. So how was the experience with the documentary? The documentary features you and um, the black girls that were running in, on, in the, tr in the track and field arena in Connecticut. 
and some other athletes across the country. How did the, that experience come to be and how did you, how did you, you know, how did you like it? It was really fun. It, Mikey B, um, which is a director, um, he made it a very comfortable atmosphere. And that's what I love. He made sure that my safety wasn't compromised and that I was always felt secure. And that if he, I felt like that was being pushed too much in a sense, because like during the last scene of changing the game, when we were, uh, when I was wrestling guys and uh, during that practice, I was hurting so much from my top surgery. Like my top surgery was like, I was on fire. And like my coach was like, dude, come on, come on, bro. Like, you know, it's going to be a dope shot. And my Mikey B was like, you know, it's going to be a dope shot. And I was like, mm, I guess, bro. They came to me my junior year in high school and we talked for a full year up to my senior year. And we kind of filmed like a little before my senior year, but mostly we just talked and just talked logistics. Like, is this going to be something? Where's the funding going to come from? How are we going to promote this? And what does it look like in perspective of if we do put this funding in, is it going to, how do we, where do we want it to touch? Who do we want it to touch? And I was like, I want it to touch not only just the LGBT community, I want it to touch everybody. And I feel like the film does a wonderful job of not just hitting like, you know, the spots of what it means to be trans, but also what it means to be a person and a person to live in their truth. And especially to have a family that loves you and that love goes a long way mm. in so many ways. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So how did you feel about the this uptick in the political arena of anti-trans legislation and particularly trans legislation, anti-trans legislation that was criminalizing parents who support their children? How did that make you feel now that you are older, kind of more in charge of your life? your family support is still important but de it was definitely more important in high school in a sense of um you know what you were going through in the moment you're a little bit more independent now so how do you feel about you know this kind of attack on trans people through in the political arena particularly around like parents it fires me up like i am in go mode right now like i i just got done with talking uh with one of uh, somebody from HRC, um, 
uh, human rights campaign. And I was, and he was like, you don't, you, I hope, you know, you don't have to feel like you need to learn everything about what is going on right now. And I was like, but I want to, because I feel so powerful right now in the sense that I want to know everything that there is to make sure that these kids don't go through what I went through. And what I went through isn't going to be comparable to what these kids are going to feel and what they're going to go through and had that conversation with their, with their coach and their coach sits them down and be like, you can't compete anymore. Like, Ooh, I'm just getting goosebumps about it. Like, mm, like I, I can only imagine how that would feel. And I, I, I don't want that to happen. Like, I don't, it hurts my heart. Like it breaks my heart. Like it, I, I feel so much compassion for just sports in general. And I feel like it does go a long way with developing you as a person and to have that taken away because somebody doesn't understand what a kid is going through or who they are as a person, because you want to judge them based off who they are. No. And you want to check them. Like what is going on? Are we going back to the 1960s in the Olympics? Like not, not happening. Like that's crazy. There is, there seems to be um, an uptick in young white folks seeming to have, seeming to be more interested in pol in politics. Traditionally, older white people are the one who would be going to the polls. Um, but, you know, with Gen Z and the younger generation, um, it just feels like they are way more political than usual. It reminds me of the politics of the 60s around the um, Vietnam War era, civil rights era. It just seems like because of what's going on, um, you know, young white people are kind of getting more galvanized in picking a side and whether that's a, you know, a bad side or the good side. Um, um, why do you think Gen Z are more political? I think it's just because of the fact that we do have a voice, we do have power with our voice. And I, I've seen this just like from me just being in high school, like there's, there's like, there's been like a switch in how kids are able to develop now. We have, I think technology has a huge part, uh, uh, like uh, is a part of why, um, kids are able to develop as fast as they are and be able to engulf so much information as they are that's dangerous but also a good thing because we've been we've been taught so much um especially in politics that if we are to get things done we need somebody with so much experience which why what an older person has so much experience why not somebody who is old and oh why like why why can't they just have the final say because they've been through this so much like no that's not the case it's what you learn it's what your experiences are and just because you experience this this and that throughout a lifetime it doesn't mean that you can't experience and learn so much with in a short period of time how much i know some particularly older white people that did haven't experienced any kind <laughs> of nothing and they that don't mean that they have any analysis when it comes to gender that don't mean they have any kind of um a, a critical analysis when it comes to race definitely don't have that um definitely don't have any critical analysis when it comes to um class issues all that kind of stuff so you are totally right age has nothing to do with whether or not you can lead people in the right direction in into a progressive direction when it comes to what people need because it's really definitely like you said about experiences 
Yeah, 100%. Um, I think I think just with what we have now, with what the world has, with uh, especially talking about um, these social institutions that we're having to flip the switch now, uh, just with like uh, racism and uh, t- att- and being able to knock down transphobia, like and and uh, making sure that the LGBTQ community is able to thrive in a world. Uh, that is accepting and especially um, black people and brown people like I I feel for y'all because I'm just like man I wish that didn't happen like I'm just like like why can't we just live in a piece of world of peace love and prosperity and just like sing kumbaya but like that's not realistic and I'm just like we need to take these steps in order to be able to educate in ways that are that we can be progressive because if we're not going to be progressive the world is going to fall apart Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people, I think a lot of people miss the mark on that the world is coming to an end. I think that is coming to an end of, in the sense that we are throwing away the old ways of what it was and change is happening and people are scared of that. And that's okay to be scared, but it's not okay to put down people for who they are as a person and as an individual. We need to progress in a way that is full of love and understanding and acceptance and being able to thrive off of each other and being able to build off of for instance like my girlfriend like she knows how to work on cars i don't know how to work on cars like we need people like that in this world who know how to work on cars like i mean that's just like on a like a micro micro level of like we need to feed off of each other in positive ways mm-hmm. so tell me this you are you know you are you transition into a new um, stratosphere when you transition into, you know, into a white man. And so particularly in relation to privilege and power. Um, and we know that you could use that for good or bad as you as you get older. And so can you tell me what are some things that you're doing in your own life and in your own personal journey to dismantle like sexism, racism and classism and stuff like that? How what are you working on in you so that you can be an ally to the people that you were just discussing? How what are you doing um, to kind of dismantle those things in yourself and to kind of go forward in that progressive manner? Yeah, um, well, for instance, like when I was living back with some roommates um, a couple months ago, um, she had this book about like dismantling, uh, dismantling the white man or being able to talk about issues of, of racism. We would read it and we would talk about it and we would have conversations, um, especially my friend Shay. Um, she's the she's probably she's my first black friend that I've ever had. And I love her to death and me and her mom and uh, her sister, she was actually, uh, we wrestled together on my team and we always have conversations and, and important conversations of how I can use my power for good and what are ways that I can take these steps in a right direction. Uh, that way I don't have to say something negative. I don't have to making sure that my words don't get twisted in a way. And because if I say the wrong thing, then like i'm a celebrity now i I hate using that word man (sighs) i wish i wasn't a celebrity um like i have a platform and i need to use it in a positive way and i need to be able to educate myself on these things and so like just having just like how we have conversations about um you know 
trans trans people we changing the narrative and that's what we talk about all the time especially when i go visit um i try to read on books um on uh is it audi audio audible. um audible there we go <laughs> um but yeah and conversations like i find it weird in myself that yes i am a man but i also am a female so when i'm talking to my girlfriend like there's things that she points out to me that is like you can't you can't do that like it makes you seem like you know you're like kind of like an alpha male and i'm just like oh but i want i don't want to do that so what can i do to fix that and she's like just don't do it <laughs> and i'm just like okay um i can do that i think that's an interesting point and i've made this point in my, on my show before um i am a trans woman i'm a woman all day i'm gonna be a woman till i die but i consider myself i have male genes so i consider myself i was born a male i'm not a man but i know i'm not in, in any delusions of that i i don't have female dna i don't have um you know, I, I know when I was born what I was and I know and that and I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of the journey that I've been on. That doesn't undermine my womanhood or who you see before you today. It I'm not there's nothing that is. Um, that, it, that it, it's like it's like it, it's like in a sense that you know where you came from and and it's almost like I forget that it's like. And I feel like it's the Aries in me. And I don't know if like you're really into astrology or anything, but like, yeah, um, with being very assertive and how I talk, um, people sometimes take that in a sense to where like I'm being very authoritative in a negative way. And um, sometimes they take that the wrong way. And especially women, um, actually the people that I was living with, they were lesbians, like hardcore lesbians. And with how I talked and how I asserted myself, especially with like, being being a dominant male in a sense um they took that uh in a very negative way and i was like no 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 no. i'm just like i like talking things out like i love like just like talking through problems and I'm just like well sometimes you just need to leave it be and you need to say your piece and you just you know let it go and i'm just like it's really there hard. Is a, <laughs> what i have found is that there is a there is a balance uh, uh um you gotta as a trans person that i'm learning that you gotta navigate um tenderly with people not tenderly um it's just something that we have to navigate like the situation you just said and i've been in situations like this if if you if you are assertive if you were uh not trans and a lesbian in that situation living with those two lesbians and you were giving the same assertion you were giving the same assertiveness they it, the difference is they they're not gonna blame it on your man your um manhood like it is because but because you're going into manhood they're gonna be like oh that's you trying to get into that manhood thing they're like a dirty boy <laughs> yeah and so and i've experienced that with my um with my womanhood too, where there is some things that if I did them, you wouldn't consider them, you wouldn't make it about my womanhood. You would make it just, that's just what it is. But because I'm trans, 
you like, for example, me being um, uh, particularly when it comes to um, the male stuff, like the, the not the, the man stuff. If I do something that to remind somebody any type of aggression, any type of like, for example, somebody was talking shit to me the other day online and I was like, oh, well, you're in my city. Why don't you come holler at me so I can beat your ass? That's something that's something that my mother would do. And she's not trans and she's a woman. And that's something literally I've seen my mother do. <laughs> and so that's just a mama bear shit. Let's handle it. And so, you know, let's get off this internet shit. Let's let's show me. I bet you won't say that shit you talking in my face. You're gonna catch these hands. <laughs> yes, exactly. So and that's something I come from fighting ass women. And so, but because I am because I'm trans people that person's response was like see i'm not gonna try to fight you i'm a real woman only men would come back with that kind of response i can't you know that kind of uh, you automatically going to try to fight people that's only men and that that that's because you're a man that's the man coming out of you where when what she doesn't understand is that is something that i learned from the women that I was raised by, that we don't need to talk. All this talking ain't shit. Let's let's thump. Let's, let's go. <laughs> let's do that. So that's women who taught me to do that. Even even in my younger years, when I would be bullied, my mother would literally say, "If you, I much rather you come home with your ass beat than you running home after people bullying you because they're gonna continue to bully you. Bust their head." <laughs> you bust one person head <laughs> and the rest of them will know that you bust heads and it will stop. I, that, that's I why I had to, to I, that's why I had to, to leave my room. My mama my mama told me that and it's something that has worked all my life. When you check one person and it may not be violence, but when you check at the office at anywhere when you check that one person to let them know you can't talk to me any kind of way, you can't do me any kind of way, that warns everybody else that that's somebody you can't fuck with. And it's not about oh, yeah. me being a male, it's about me being assertive like the women in my family taught me to be. I can name a situation. Um, for instance, I had a ex friend of mine, uh, his, his, his name is Freddie, and he thought that it would be okay um, because I called him because I called him a little bitch. I was like, bro, you're being a little bitch right now. Like with being like how you act. And he was like, you don't even got a penis. So what's you talking? I was like, what? Hold up. That stems deeper into how, what you just said to me. What did you say again? And he was like, he's like, you got a dick. You can't say that to me. I was like, so you're now trying to be transphobic now because I called you a little bitch. He's like, it's the same thing. I was like, no, I think we both know that 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 don't mean the same thing like at all. I think you know that's gonna hurt me a way a lot more than me calling you a little bitch. Like you just call me a little bitch back. Like why can't you just call me a little bitch back? Like why you gotta like take it deeper? Like it ain't like that. Like that what are you is, doing? that <laughs> is an interesting point too because I remember I was I have only engaged in a early dating relationship with a trans guy. Never had sex with him never had but you know just the early stages of oh we talking and get to know each other it didn't work out yeah. and this is why so while we're talking he is one of the things that i hate that guys do is try to say what i'm telling them 
is, oh, that's because you're a woman. You don't, you don't understand it from a guy's point of view. I hate that shit. I don't need to be exactly you to understand things. I don't need, there's a lot of things that I, that I don't experience myself, but because I see them and I hear them from other people that I understand why they did what they did or why they do what they do. I understand it. I don't need to be you or be a guy to understand things. And when you're saying something fucking sexist or stupid, or you're saying something that doesn't make sense, I'm not, I'm not the kind of girl that's just going to let you keep saying stupid stuff. I'm going to say, no, that doesn't make sense. Actually, this, 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 and this, this. And, and mm -hmm. what guys sometimes do is say, oh, you think you know everything. Oh, you think, no, I'm sitting here accessing, I'm sitting here pulling out references and sending you links and, and proving. You're like, I got receipts, like read these right now. <laughs> I'm proving to you my point. I'm not just saying what, it's, it's not about me knowing everything, but what we're talking about right now, I know. And educating, so, <laughs> educating. Right. And so I'm telling you what I know because we're having a discussion and you're saying something that I know is not true. And so I'm telling you, and then now you're, you're trying to make me feel guilty about knowing something, make me feel like, oh, I shouldn't know. And some girls would be like, oh, am I doing too much? Am I, am I not being feminine enough? I'm not that person that's going to think like that. And so when you get sensitive, I said to him, oh, you're acting like a bitch. And it wasn't about me emasculating him or undermining his transness or undermining his manhood. It, it, it had nothing to do with him, his transness or it's, I would have said that to a cisgender guy if he did, if like, he said to it's me. It's like how your lingo is, it's just how your lingo is, how right. you talk and like, how oh, you brought, like brought up. I would have said it, that to it, anybody. Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree with that. And, but he um, took it as I was emasculating him. He said that um, that's not something that I should say to him because I know that he's trans and the gender thing is sensitive and blah, 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 blah. I, blah. And I was like, well, I this means such... that we can't date. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to go back to what I what to your response about what are you doing in your own life as far as dismantling white supremacy and um, you know, and sexism and misogyny and patriarchy and all that kind of stuff. I think one of the things that I, that is, that is a, lo a lot of times missing from guys when they want to do the right thing, um, understand that wherever you have power, that is where you can be the most effective, not just on an individual level. It's not just about you wanting to you wanting to separate yourself from the asshole guys understanding that you are a part of that culture and that you actually have the power to get in there when there's locker room talk happening to nip it in the butt and say no we're not going to have this conversation this type of conversation while i'm here and I, we're, we're going to sit here and make sure that um we're going to make sure that um, Y'all know that this is not okay. This is not the kind of conversation that I'm going to accept within those circle of men, but also on a systematic level, not just on an individual level, but on a systematic level. When you get into your career, when you get into your workforce, when you get into, I know we've talked, so you're you're going to end up being a therapist. You're going to end up being some something in the in the in the realm of social work. When you get into that system, how are you actually? Now, I'm not asking this question. I'm just I want you to. Uh, um um 
consider this when you get into your career. How are you actually promoting a different kind of change in the in the structure and the policies at your job, at your work, in your business, if you were at a school, how are you how are you actually thinking outside of the box when it comes to getting the people who are the most marginalized, who are black and brown, who are women, who are disabled, who are not, who don't have the privileges that you have, how are you looking outside of the box and creating less barriers or breaking barriers down and bringing them into whatever benefit that you have access to get them? One of the things that I always tell white people when, um, when I'm talking to them um, when I, cause some, you know, I don't always be teaching white people. I feel like it's on y'all, but, but in, in certain no, moments, it is on us, girl. Yeah. Say it again. When, <laughs> when I, when I'm asked for my suggestions and, and, um, and I, you know, I'm in the mood to give suggestion. I always want to make sure that, cause a lot of people like to focus on, you know, their individual journey. Well, I want to make sure that I and I and I don't want they're almost like they're separating themselves from um, like that's the bad apples. I'm a different kind of apple. Great. You can be different, but we all are on a spectrum spectrum of where we are in our journey to dismantling these systems. And I don't want people to leave out or um, leave out what they can do on a structural systematic level, because that is the part that really, really needs to change. You can be um, colorblind, you can be um, anti-racist, you can be everything on an individual level and that's amazing. But if you're not helping us change the structure and the systematic issues and creating policies, then you are actually not doing the work that you need to be doing that that undoes the system so make sure that when you when you are thinking about um how you are dismantling these systems you you take it you of course you work it on an individual level but you also take it to that next level which would be the um systematic stuff so i just wanted to say that just so you know <laughs> i'm trying to work on it girl trust me i'm all about love i'm all about acceptance i'm all about getting out those bad apples and telling those bad apples Hey, you gotta become a good apple because if you don't become a good apple, you you ain't getting with it, bro. <laughs> yeah, you it's definitely it. <laughs> on the people. It's definitely on the people. And because we have we are beginning a new friendship, I don't mind us talking about it. All black people ain't like that. All um trans people ain't like that. All women ain't like that. Some of them like <laughs> we we not here to teach you or none of that, but because we are <laughs> friends. And we can we can have those kind of conversations. And so I'm always open to have those kind of conversations. So what is next? What is next for you? What are you seeing um, is going to come from this film? What what projects do you have looking forward to? What is what's what's the next chapter of Max Life? Yeah, I'm trying to get clothing line starting up. I'm also trying to work on my pro route of being an athlete um, um, in mixed martial arts. Um, I'm also trying to become a gender therapist. Uh, so I got a lot of things going on. Um, like I'm trying to joggle, uh, joggle and toggle and everything. Um, ADHD. Mine is just kind of like you start a project and then like you kind of stop it and then like uh, funding and then it's just like, OK, then you got to think of another idea to do. How are you going to promote this? And then you got to promote that. And I'm just like, I got so many ideas. Like my mind is like 110 miles an hour right now. And um, I'm also trying to make sure that I get resources for parents and uh, kids. So when kids ask me if they need somewhere to go, like 
um if they have nowhere to go like i have these resources for them and especially parents like parents are always asking me for resources and i want to be able to give them the resources um in a positive way in a good atmosphere safe atmosphere and be able to promote just my community and also my brand because i'm also like I, my family has come from of like we struggle a lot we definitely have struggled um i'm the first kid to actually go off to college i got a lot riding for me i got i got a lot to prove to not just the world but also to my family um so i take a lot of pride in that of like being the first to like just do everything i just got big plans i got big plans diamond i swear like you ain't ready <laughs> the world ain't ready for mac yo <laughs> Well, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. Um, you, in that moment in high school, when I first was introduced to you, it was a proud moment um, as an older trans person um, who transitioned young in the 90s when we didn't have all these resources that y'all have. Um, it always makes me feel good when I see, even if I'm disconnected to them, when I see trans people having the power to... Um, young trans people having the power to kind of just step into like yo i was suing my high school to go to the prom when you were born in 1999 <laughs> and so yeah, girl. You know, to, to, to see you and win it and to see you <laughs> to see you kind of buck up against that system and you know continue on and make it work i you know that's just kind of what we do i it's even though i was disconnected to you it still feel like what all of us did all of our generations before you did help to get that along so i'm I, it just made me proud and made me feel like yeah you know this is what this is exactly what we were fighting for this is exactly why we do what we do and to see that come, yeah and to see that come to see that come it just makes me feel good as an older trans person so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you give me power like y'all are the reason like everyone that looks at, like you aiden freaking all my all my role models like they give me the power to want to do better for my generation for the future generations because we got a lot of change girl and i'm so ready to be the change yeah well thank you for joining me y'all i'm gonna have all of max link down in the bottom tell the people where they can find you you could uh just mainly find me on my instagram my instagram is really just the main thing that i really get on nowadays i'm really socially disconnected but if you need to reach out to me uh alpha.trans um on my instagram page you can hit me up there uh got any questions i'm at your disposal perfect i have that link in the bottom and i thank y'all for listening i will talk to y'all next week have a wonderful night all right thank you mama bear be good <laughs> I will. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, 
Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be a